Value Nation Nation, listen up. Do we have a good one for you today? Another special guest episode, because you know we can't do this by ourselves. We're not good enough. But uh, no, sit back, relax. This is going to be a good one. Charlie, let's roll. I want to introduce Raquel Boris. She's the, uh, the official title is Marketing and Social Media Manager for New American Funding. But this lady has a whole. (laughs) (laughs) This, if you looked up her LinkedIn, she has her her hand in a lot of different things. Yeah, a lot of different things. I don't know how you, I don't know how there's enough hours in the day for all. It looks like all the things you have to do. You just said it. It looks like. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's already learning something. It's an illusion. It is an illusion. No, I mean, it's easy to make things look a little bit more, you know, intense than they really are. So you, let's back up a little bit. So like we were, we were talking about before, uh, me and you go back about a decade yeah, um, well, in Northern Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you were worked for a couple of big names in the, in the area for, from a mortgage standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, from a loan officer kind of director, right? Uh, business development. Well, I started out client relations manager, then on to business development in the multicultural lending part, and then brand manager. So I've evolved. <laughs> you evolved, yeah. No, but that's but that's great. Like you kind of have to, and that's yeah. like what we're doing here. Like we we're we're at an AMC that's trying to evolve and put something else out there from a content standpoint. So yeah. we said, you know what? Me and this guy don't have a problem being on camera. All right. So you are not, but you're now in you're you're back home, right? In SoCal. I'm back in San Diego where I was uh, born and raised. Yeah. Where it all started. Where it all started. I'm sure you're doing great. Like, and you have, are, are both of your kids in school out there? Uh, so my son's finishing up at Virginia Tech. Oh, he and stayed at Tech. The reason why I was able to come back here was because my daughter actually just completed her first year at University of Arizona. So Tucson's about a six hour drive each way for me. So as soon as she decided on U of A, I was like, perfect. Um, Now I can be back here and be close to her. And she loves it. She loves that she has me close by. And um, so it worked out perfectly. We kind of like, you know, divide and conquer with my ex and I, because my ex and my son are like our besties. So it's perfect. So it's perfect. So your daughter still likes you though. But you probably went through that phase, right? Where they, you guys are one heads. You know what? Oddly enough, my daughter and I have always had a solid relationship, always. And if anything, it's getting better and better. Like I love, I was actually just doing a video for my LinkedIn because she called me this morning. She's in Buffalo, New York with a best friend of hers. And she calls me and I pick up. I'm like, hey, and clearly I was on speaker. And she's like, hey, mom, um, your celebrity crush is Stephen Hawking, right? I was like, yeah. And like I hear these (laughs) laughter in the background. And they're like, oh, see, I told you, you guys, I'm sitting there thinking, first of all, why the hell were they talking about my celebrity crushes? And second of all, like, okay, I'm glad that she felt that, you know, like, so yeah, she'll FaceTime me all the time for like the littlest things. And uh, yeah, so it's, we've gotten closer. So there's hope. Like I tell people that just because you have a daughter doesn't mean that there has to be you know, conflict there, or she's going to go through her, you know, years of, you know, hormonal imbalance, and she's going to be a total biatch, like, no, like, she'll have her moments, but she recognizes it. And then just like, a little bit later, she'll be like, Mom, I'm so sorry for being, you know, sassy, like, you know, are you you living it? 
I'm slowly <laughs> raising my hands as you're talking. Like, oh my god, I'm going through hell right now. It's, really? Uh, well, oh yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, Mike, I'll tell you this, and this is one of my like my passion projects is really bridging that generational gap between us and our kids, and that that parenting aspect because I feel that I really. I mean, it's a, it was a learning curve, I, I'll be honest, but my ex and I, even though we've been divorced for almost 14 years, we've managed to really raise like two solid kids. And I think our parenting style has been, you know, a little bit different where I really truly believe it's like, okay, to be very vulnerable and transparent with your child about like your struggles and about how parenting is really hard for you too. And how the reason why you're reacting a certain way or doing things in a certain way is because of your own trauma and your own childhood crap. And the more I open up about that, the more respect they have for me and the more they trust me. And then that communication is open. And so I, I so that's part of my kind of thing that I'm doing on the side is I truly believe that um, we have to change the way we parent because of social media and technology and the way our kids are, are growing up and the way their brains are wired. And uh, so for me, it's like, I love talking about that. <laughs> I really oh, do. Because yeah. I truly believe that it makes a difference with our kids, like how they show up in the world, right? Is how we parent and how we have our own relationship with thousand percent. And we're yeah. kind of in a similar situation. We've, we've been split since Grace was one. Mm. And but we got a great relationship. I go to the gym with her husband with Grace's oh, stepdad awesome. all the time, like him and yeah. I live together. So that's, that's been pretty cool. And I struggle a little bit with my dad temper from time to time. I let other okay. things get me a little too upset and I raise my voice and she doesn't do well with it, but I have done, you know, it was one of those things like my parents didn't do this with me. It was always, you know, the old school way because I said so. Yeah, I'm the I parent. yeah because I said so. <laughs> yeah. So normally when I cool off, I'll go in and sit down talk with her and explain like, I shouldn't have overreacted like I did, but this is why I did because this upset me for this reason, blah, blah, blah. So I always try to give her like a calm down explanation afterwards. So she understood where I was coming from. And, and I explained like, I didn't react well. Don't, you know, don't, yeah. don't treat future, you know, instances yourself. Like I just did. I'm trying to be better on it. I'm trying to work on being more level headed when something like that comes up, but this is why I did what I did. And I apologize for overreacting or something. Oh, like I that love sense. that. And a lot yeah. of people would be like, oh my gosh, you're caving into your child. No. And letting them no. be the No, it's once again, it's, it's, we can't fault them either for the way that they're being brought up. Like it's our fault. We have to hold ourselves accountable. We're the ones that are creating all these, you know, social media platforms, all this stuff that's happening. Like we're the ones doing it. So we can't sit there and be like, you know, like pointing our exactly. saying they're the ones that are doing everything wrong. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I feel like the more people that can really look at their relationship with the kids a little bit differently, the better we'll just be in the for the in the future. Because right now it's just all a freaking mess. Freaking a freaking mess. So so when I was when I was combing your LinkedIn looking for like the dates yeah. and stuff like that, you were, were jumping into some of these. And the Wikipedia. Don't forget about the Wikipedia. <laughs> we do our research here. But like you, I mean, like you talk about passion projects and obviously you have, yeah. you have a few of the things you've been yeah. working on. It seems like you really, and maybe you've always had it, but you started putting it out there more like right around COVID, right? Is that yeah. kind of right? The timeline? Yeah. And the only reason why I was able to do that, um, Charlie, is because I went out on my own right before COVID. So uh, yeah, I left the mortgage industry. I was like, screw this. <laughs> And uh, I was like, I want to be able to work with people outside of the mortgage industry because, I mean, keeping it real, 
I mean, it's, it's still a struggle having loan officers and having them understand like how important social media is and to be on there and to be utilizing it as a tool. And so for me, I had enough people reaching out to me on the side saying, Hey, can you help us with branding? Can you, you know, all this. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have my own little branding consulting firm. So I started true to you branding January of 2020. And oddly enough, the first person that reached out to me to showcase me like outside of the industry was Marsha Davies, the COO of, of MBA and yeah, you know, yeah. founder of Empower. She's always been a real big supporter of mine. And she's like, come out to a DC. I want you to have, I'm going to ha showcase you on Empower Moments and talk about your LinkedIn and all of that. And I thought that I was like, wow, this is really cool that here I leave the industry and she's willing to still support me. And I was all excited that it came out in February and then, you know, COVID hits in March. Yeah. So what happened was, is if anything, it helped my brand. It helped all of it. The only thing it didn't help my bank account because <laughs> everybody was struggling and nobody's going to pay for a personal branding consultant when they're you know, worried about if they're going to have a job or pay their rent or their mortgage. So then what I decided to do was just had, add like give free value, especially on LinkedIn, because I knew people were literally flocking to LinkedIn. Like suddenly it's this platform where everybody's like, I got to be on here. I got to be on here because it's, you know, B2B and you can do B2C and, you know, all of these things. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to be smart enough to like show that I have an authority on here in a way. Like I've been here long enough to understand what's going on on this platform. So then every day I was just putting out videos and content. And that's why I was able to do what I wanted to do because I was my own boss. I didn't have anybody saying like, oh, you can't be talking about kids or you can't be talking about mental health or you can't be talking about all of these things. Like I could do whatever I wanted. So that was kind of the beauty of those two years during COVID is I literally just was like, <laughs> I have nobody to answer to but myself. <laughs> zero, zero Fs given. Is that what yeah, you're Yeah, which... But the irony of that is that it gave me the sense of confidence, the sense of like, okay, I do know what I'm talking about. Like, I do kind of understand what's going on. Like, I do have the sensibility for, for social media, branding, marketing, all of that. So then when I had NAP approach me, I actually was like, originally I was like, I'm not coming back. I knew I needed to go back into the corporate world because the reality too is I needed a paycheck, a consistent paycheck. I mean, it was tough. I was just, I was one of those people. Someone would be like, "Hey, can I get on the call? Just ask a couple questions." And like hour later, I basically gave them this whole like brand strategy for free. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I was like that yeah. I was that person where I was yeah. like, "What am I doing? I'm too nice." <laughs> so I was like, "I got to get back to work." And I had someone, um, a mutual friend of ours, John John Drumgool. You know John, yeah. So he yeah, yeah. he called me and he's like, "Hey, Nash's looking for someone, then and you'd be perfect." I was like, "Nope." He goes, what do you mean? No, I'm like, I, I'm not going back to the mortgage industry. I'm like, I left it for a reason. I'm not going back. He's like, no, 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 just talk to them. And there was this sense of like confidence in the sense of like, when I talk to these people, I'm going to tell them exactly what it is that I want to do, what I don't want to do all. And I just was like, I just laid it out there because I had nothing else to, you know, I was like, I don't want to be here anyways. And by the end of the conversation, they're like, okay, this is your thing. Perfect. <laughs> We're going to send you an offer. And I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. This is really cool. And it's going to be two years in October. And I've been able to do what I want to do because I upfront set that expectation and let them know like, Hey, I have a brand and I've worked really hard for this brand and I'm going to continue to create this brand. So like I made it very clear. Yeah. And you were in a very unique situation uh, earlier than a lot of other people have been right. Where you actually oh, yeah. get to determine exactly what your worth was. And say, hey, listen, this is what I need. 
this is what I expect or else it's just not for me. Yeah. Like not so many people are able to do that. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty exciting for you. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing too, is, and that's why I tell loan officers also like, Hey, if you're out there and you've got this credibility, you've got all this stuff, like, guess what? Like you're, it's going to, the ask is going to be easier, right? Like to have, to, to ask for business and it's the same thing. Like I, so I try to be the example. So instead of just like talking the talk, I always try to walk the walk. So even when I do videos, I try to do them in a way where when our loan officers see what I'm doing, they're like, okay, well, what she's doing isn't that like out of there, you know, with the perfect captions or the perfect edits, or she doesn't have like a filter on. Sometimes I have no makeup on and no filter and I don't care. Right. So like I do that on purpose so that they can see that it really isn't as hard as maybe they're making it out to be. If you put yourself out there, guess what? Opportunities are going to come your way. And that's essentially what's hap what happened to me. I was willing to put myself out there. Had I not, I wouldn't be in the position that I am now. Like I, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't be able to pursue some of the passions that I want to pursue if I didn't throw it out there. Like, Hey, this is actually what I love to do. And I think we're lucky that more and more companies and are realizing that, yeah, like everybody kind of has side things going on. Not everybody's completely like focused in on their nine to five job. And they're realizing too, that they have to kind of allow people to have different things in their life. If not, they're going to get burnt out or they're going to hate their job. And so I think with me, my boss gets that. So my boss like leaves me alone. Like he rarely ever calls me or ever reaches out or anything. I mean, plus he sees what I do. Like he follows me on social media. So he knows exactly what's going on, but he's like, listen, you know what you're doing. So why am I going to like say anything? Like, just keep doing what you're doing. And there's something so wonderful about that, that it makes me want to work even harder because I know I have a good thing. And that's what I try to like tell managers like, Hey, like if you micromanage, sometimes that makes them want to like do less and want to rebel more, Yeah, you know, than if you just like let them be adults and do what they're, what they're good at, you know? No, that's a good point. Like, yeah, let them be adults. I mean, and just <laughs> do their job that they were hired to do. I wish there were more people like that. Like I've had plenty of bosses in and out of the mortgage business that are like literally give me, they're like, give me what you're doing on the hour every day. Oh, I, 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 there was one mortgage company that um, I had to have an Excel spreadsheet of when I would go to a networking event because they didn't, they didn't get why I was going to so many events. So they were like, okay. And a lot of them were outside of work because they were in the evening. Right. And so it was my own time, but they were like, it got to the point where they're like, okay, tell us exactly like who you're meeting, what company, what it led to, when you follow up, like all these things. Right. And as soon as they started having me do that, I was like, all right, they clearly don't understand what it is that I'm doing and what yeah. it is I'm trying to accomplish here, like build relationships. And if anything, um, I ended up obviously leaving and years later, one of the owners of the company reached out to me via Instagram and actually congratulated me on my brand and how well I was doing. And he was one of the ones that made fun of me the most for going to conferences and networking events. He didn't understand. And, and then I, I really respected the fact that he like reached out to me and gave me kudos. Cause I was like, see, I, I it wasn't just like, there was an intention behind it. Like yeah. I, I understand how important building relationships are. I mean, that's why LinkedIn for me is a really big deal because I've created a community of people that I truly feel like I can reach out to. And if I need anything, like they will help me. I mean, if, I mean, 
the whole passion project thing. Do you know how many people have reached out to me and said, I will do whatever like you need us to do. Like we will help you. And there's something to be said about that because I've nurtured these relationships over time and they've, they've trust me. They trust that like what I'm doing is for the right reason. And I'm trying to do something, you know, positive. And so when they see that, the, the amount of support that I get is incredible. And it's because I took time and years to like, <laughs> to build those relationships, but that's what it's all about at the end of the day. I mean, that's why I tell the loan officers too. I'm like, Hey, if you don't want to get on social media and create content, then how about at least engage in other people's content, you know, build the relationship through there, just like as if you would at a networking event or a conference, you know, you go, you, Hey, how are you? Or like, Oh my gosh, I love that too. Or I'm interested in star Wars as well. Like do the same thing via social media, like just start, you know, starting conversation and building those relationships through there. Uh, because yeah, a lot of them are just, they don't even want to post anything. I'm like, all right, well then go be someone's cheerleader. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's kind of a, a lead into one of the questions we were kind of thinking about is like, where is a good place to start if you're not comfortable posting your own content and that you just nailed on the head right there, yeah. start replying to other people's stuff and just interact with what's already there. So you're not, don't necessarily feel like you're throwing yourself out there. Yeah. And I mean, there are, I'll tell you this, there's some people on LinkedIn that literally don't post anything, but they actually are like people that are well known because they are constantly commenting on other people's posts. And with the LinkedIn out, the way LinkedIn does their feed is that, you know, you get to see which connection is commenting on other people's posts. So I created a community through my first connections, commenting on my stuff and having their connections see that or if I comment on someone's post and then their connections see my comment I've had a lot of people follow me because of the way I comment because you know I'm kind of a smart ass it's my personality funny I still that's how I comment I take the time to like try to do something you know witty when I when I comment so a lot of it is is through there that I've met through people it's just is those comments and not only that I've had people that have really been some of my biggest supporters through the comments and I'll make it a point to go into the DMs and message them like either an audio or I'll send them a video just to thank them. Like, hey, I just, you know, like I see what you're, you know, how you're supporting me and, and I really appreciate it. And if there's anything I can do. And it's like that whole like Taylor Swift kind of um, phenomenon where you really create these fans. You create people that really are going to follow you for life. And that's what's happened with me that I have people that have been following me for years and it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I left the industry, it came back into the industry. A lot of them have nothing to do with the mortgage industry. It's because I created this, this sense of like, I appreciate them. So they appreciate me more. You know, it's just, there's, there's something to be said about that. And once again, I understand it takes time and energy, but look at Taylor Swift. I mean, everybody talks about her fan base and about her marketing and all of that. And a lot of it's because she's creating these these true super fans that like at some point feel like they're your family and they're your friends like i have people that i've never met and they think that i have me of like their best friend uh, that's know? a good point that's a good point that's a great point people spend more time on social media than they do face-to-face -face interaction half the time these days absolutely like it's it, it's it's it boggles my mind how many people really look at me as like a true friend of theirs and i've never met them well you also don't charge a thousand dollars for a concert ticket so you know well. you <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Ali, are you gonna be up there? Are you gonna be up there putting on your on a big show like the how to? Oh my gosh! Let's fill, well, let's fill the arena. 
No, actually, I do want to feel the arena, but in a different way. That's part of what's one of my passion projects is to I'm, I'm actually in the process of creating uh, live events for like teens. Is that the uh, wait, is that the Rock Vision thing you're working on? No, no. Rock Vision was an actual social media platform. So this is more oh. of like Rock the Boat. So with Rock the Boat, you know, I'm having all these conversations with kids. I have 67 conversations already. So through that, I realized that, you know, obviously we're all back at school. We're all back in the real world. No one's doing the Zoom thing anymore. So I'm like, I got to take it live. How am I going to do it live in a way that it's more just about the kids and so then that's what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to focus on 13 to 17. I have to, I think I'm focusing more at like um, at risk youth and I want to provide some resources from the community there, have people in the community involved. Um, I want to have financial literacy. I already have a guy that um, speaks to high schoolers. He's already willing to, to do something, um, maybe do some fun projects, have music. I do have... Um, I already have somebody from LinkedIn, same thing. I mentioned it. He already reached out to me, was like, hey, I'll give you money. I'll sponsor something because I want to have like lunch. And I want to do something to that where it's like duplicated in different communities all around the country, all around the world. So that's like what I'm focusing on right now is is those live events. So yeah, at some point I do want to be able to fill you know that's huge yeah. i love that, that that's yeah. super so awesome i'm starting here in my backyard here in san diego and the interest is incredible once again it's because i've built these these relationships in this community of people that as soon as i ask for help they're like all right what can we do for you like there's something so cool about that what's what's the, one of the craziest conversations you've had with the kids on the that's literally going to be my question i was, was it really right now yeah oh my there's got to be some <laughs> there's got to be something that you were just like yeah, oh my gosh we just said that yeah well this was kind of this was really cute actually um and it just it showed the power of like how just listening and being there for a kid like how powerful that can be so uh, I had LinkedIn connection of mine. He has two, uh, three kids. And unfortunately the three kids suffer from major emotional trauma, like really bad. Like, so they're, they're basically much younger than they are. So Michelle, I think she's technically nine, but she has the emotional capacity of like a five-year-old. So just very young. And he was, you know, he told me like, Hey, just let's see how this goes. And so she gets on She's on her bed. She's like doing backflips. Like, you know, she's has her iPad. She's super focused on like, I think she was playing Minecraft or something. And she just kept like focusing on her game. And I didn't, she, I was trying to ask her questions and she was kind of talking to me and, but she was just distracted, like definitely had some, you know, ADD going on. And so I, every now and again, I'd be like, Hey, Michelle, if you want to, you can go play your game. It's all good. Like, cause I don't want these kids to ever feel like they have to talk to me. I want it to be just a casual conversation. So she's like, no, 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 no. And then she gets back on her, on her iPad. And once again, she's like, Oh my God, I'm on level 20 or whatever. And I was like, Michelle, seriously, like, it's okay. Like we can come back to our conversation another day. Like go play your game. It's all good. And she like looked at me and she like pissed and she like throws down her iPad. She goes, no. I want to talk to you. And she like threw her iPad off like the bed and she sat there and she just started like, and then she focused. But when people saw this episode, cause I actually, I think I clipped that because what I do is I repurpose like a minute, like of a conversation. And then I put it up and I think it was that clip and everyone's like, holy crap, you just got the attention of a, of a nine-year-old over the iPad. And I go, see how powerful that can be. Like, you just, you saw it happen where she wanted my attention and she was like, screw the iPad. If you're going to like hang up, then okay. 
And so that was like a really cool moment. And then I have Eris who's been on there six times and he's on this, he's on the spectrum. Brilliant. He's actually graduating from high school this year at age 13 or 14. Actually be at UCLA um, in a couple of weeks. I'm going to go up and, and, uh, and see them. So brilliant kid. And he started out where his dad, same thing, LinkedIn connection was like, Eris, you're going to talk to this woman on her show. And he's kind of like, okay. So he gets on at the end of the conversation. And like I said, brilliant. His dad comes on and I was like, all right, Eris. Well, I love that. If you're willing to like, come back on, I love it. He's like, well, my dad made me do this. Cause you know, they're super honest. Like, you know, people on this, like that's the, And I, that's what I love about um, about him too. He goes, well, my mom, my dad made me do this. And I said, all right, Eris. Well, we just talked about how you're trying to be an advocate for yourself and an advocate for other kids that have autism. So I'm going to give you the, uh, this is your opportunity to advocate for yourself. So, and I will not be, my feelings will not be hurt if you say no, but I would love to have you back on the show. And he goes, yeah, that was actually kind of fun. And fast forward, he's been on it six times. We've met in person three times. Um, his dad, his mom and dad say that that the show, him being on Rock the Boat has been the best thing for him, better than therapy, better than the IPs, better than anything because of the social cues, the social skills, all of those things. And now he's like family, literally like family. Like yeah. he met, he'll text me pictures of his dog. His dad will call me to check in on me. Um, anything that I need, he's like, Eris has got you. Cause I wanted to do like a podcast and have a sidekick and I wanted Eris to do it. Eris is like, I'll do it. But he's going to, he's going to study like McCann, like men, he he's basically going to cure cancer one day or he's going to invent something. He's that smart. Um, but it was all through rock the boat. Same thing where it was just like me throwing it out on LinkedIn. Like, Hey, can I talk to your kids? Um, and the conversations he and I have had have been like, just, you know, Cause he's just so smart. That's yeah, so yeah. wild. And, the, yeah. and many of them don't have a filter either, which is nice. Right. Like, yeah. I've only, had give it edit, straight. I've only had to edit a couple of them. <laughs> I mean, maybe like one or two where, cause I always give the video, you know, once I record it, I send it to the parent because I like I don't like the parent to be in the room. Sometimes there have been parents that like, feel like they need to be in the room and that's okay. But if they're not, I send them the video and then they'll go ahead and sign off and be like, okay, but there was one where I had to edit because the kids talked about like how the, the neighbor was in jail or something for something. And uh, obviously they didn't want to like out the yeah. neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> so um, otherwise I think it was one other thing other than that, like the parents have been really good about like just letting their kids be kids and saying, saying whatever, even if it has to do with like their parents, one of them actually, she, she goes, uh, she was talking about her iPad and it had broken and she told me how it broke. And then later the mom resp- goes, now I know. Because yeah, that- apparently she had lied to her and said something differently. But to me, she was like, forgot that the mom and dad were going to hear. Oh, no. And she didn't get upset. We- She's like, you know what? If anything, I didn't get upset. She goes, I just said, oh, that's how it happened. Right. Because she also didn't want her to feel badly about being open and honest with yeah, me right yeah right? so um but yeah i thought that was kind of funny too last question yeah. on this topic so and I, i'm thinking like my daughter like if i was like grace go talk to her be great like so what is like how does it even is it just an open conversation and it goes down whatever pathway it leads or is there like a topic you start talking with them about whenever it starts or is it just we're going wherever we go 
it's usually we're going wherever we go, but I have had kids that come on with the intention of promoting like a nonprofit that they've done. I've had one girl that I met through Instagram who's nine, has a huge following, has her own jewelry line. So I brought her on with the intent of promoting her jewelry line and what okay. she was doing. But I also don't want kids to feel like they have to have something in particular in order to be on my show. The whole point was just to have conversations and to showcase that you can have a conversation with a kid like anybody can. Like, it's really not rocket science. It's very simple. So once again, it's like just walking the walk. So there have been plenty of kids on there where they have no clue who I am. I don't even know who they are. Like, I know that they're the child of so-and-so and that they're age 10, but I don't really know much. So then what happens is I hit record and I just start asking questions. And then depending on how they answer, that's how the conversation goes. And that was the whole point of it was just to show like how simple it can be to have a conversation with a child. So that little piece of like vulnerability, like as you're talking to your kids, like you put a lot of that into your, in some, to some of your posts as well. Yeah. Like, cause you're trying to teach people to be vulnerable and to be real all all the way down the line, right? Yeah, because I I feel like for our kids' sake, as adults, it's also our responsibility to um, watch how we're putting ourselves out there and portraying ourselves too, right? Because that's what happens is a lot of these kids see us and they see the successes, they see all this like, you know, stuff going on. So then they feel the pressure that they have to be like that. Would you transfer that over to selling to business as well so like circling back to maybe loan officers and and your posts are more geared towards you know drumming up business making connections you know getting your name out there as an lo and still recommend be yourself be vulnerable in your posts they don't always have to be 100 percent professional i'm the best loan officer we provide the best rates we're the fastest blah 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 you know we're always going to close you but also show a little bit of your personality and who you truly are and more on the connect to people people to people versus just always your business side. Yeah, absolutely. But that's where it's difficult because a lot of these loan officers have been in the industry for so many years. So they've been like basically conditioned to be like, I'm a loan officer. And yeah, exactly. It's like about. this rigid, yeah, it's right. this rigid yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's like the opposite now. I think COVID really changed the game where it like, I equate it to where with COVID it, it, it was like Wizard of Oz, like the Oz, like the curtain was lifted, you know, for a lot of these owners and CEOs and these businesses, the curtain was lifted. So once you see behind the curtain, it's hard to like put it back up. Right. So I do feel that COVID did this, like people in their homes, CEOs, you know, like having to do it in their kitchen and their, you know, the wives yelling at the kids and the kids screaming. It's like suddenly they're real people. And so it's the same thing with loan officers. We're all real people. And and that's what happened too, is I think it also created this shift where people really started connecting with other people in a way where it was like super relatable. Because I think before it wasn't really relatable. Now it's like really relatable when you talk about your everyday real life. And so I tell loan officers that, you know, if you're just posting everything about work, guess what? People are going to totally just like stop following you. They are. I mean, right. so yeah. I I say like you need to catch their attention with like who you are as a person, your everyday, and then sprinkle the business in there. Like I I say it should be the opposite, where and it should just be showcasing you as a person. Now that doesn't mean you have to showcase everything because that's another thing too is people think personal brand, social media. Oh my gosh, I have to share my entire life. Like I will tell you this. 
my dating life, my social life on that respect, my love life, that is hands off. No one ever. I mean, I will tell you this. I've, I've been on a several trips as of late. Nobody knows about it because it was not posted anywhere. On <laughs> well, yeah, but they don't know yeah, what exactly what I mean or what I was doing. Um, on purpose because I also have a I like to keep certain things to myself and I have my boundaries. But yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody knows a lot about my life. My kids too. My kids don't like me to really post about them or post pictures unless they say it's okay. So you don't see a lot about my kids. I have a I have a colleague who the other day had no idea that I had kids. Oh, wow. And it was only because we were on a call and I was like, oh, I got to go. My daughter's here. I got to, you know, sh she's in town from college. And she messaged me later and she's like, I had no idea you had kids. I go, yeah, I have a 22 year old son and a 19 year old daughter. I go, but see, there you go. Like, I still keep that pretty out of respect for them. Like if, if believe me, if they didn't care, I'd blast them all over my social media because I'm proud of them and I love them to death. But because they don't want, they, you know, they have their kind of like, okay, mom. Um, I respect that. So yeah, there's, you can still have your boundaries and you can still have your privacy. It doesn't mean that everything has to be exposed. I think that's a great, I think that's a great point. Great place to stop for today. Uh, this has been a fantastic first installment of Raquel Boris and all the things that she brings to the mortgage industry and social media and just overall mental health awareness. Stay tuned for the wrap up and episode two from Value Nation.